both be and seek a mentor. Like, so wherever you can help, you do that. That's your responsibility. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. And today I'm very excited because we have the man, the myth, the legend, as a lot of people say that, a lot of people say the man, myth, legend when they introduce people, but yeah, it's the, the, they're lying because they, in reality, they're, they're not introducing Mr. Nathan Brooks. So that is the true man, the myth, the legend. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to take a few seconds here because I'm going to read off his bio and it's, it's going to, it's lengthy. It's legit. It's top notch and it's just overall quality. So co-founder and CEO of Bridge Turnkey Investments based out of KC, over 150 turnkey investments a year. Last year, they helped over close to 15 million in overall real estate portfolio for their clients. He's a regular producer of educational content to fuel his passion for helping others learn about and find success in real estate. He's been featured. All right, here, folks, here we go. Featured regularly on places such as Bigger Pockets, I think four times on there, maybe eight or nine or 10 at this point. Who knows? You know, you lose count. Active duty, passive income podcast, Freedom Real Estate Investing, Fearless Pursuit of Freedom, Titanium Vault, Real Estate, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I think like 12 more here. So just a lot. Sought after speaker and writer, featured regularly on the Bigger Pockets blog, regularly on the stage, both uh, there in Kansas City, as well as elsewhere across the US. Collect Genius, invite-only group known as Elite Investors Board of Directors, um, but all of that is, I don't think really anything in comparison to the effort that he's put into Bream, which is Bridge Real Estate Investing Meetup there in Kansas City. The reason I say that, folks, is because he's helped me personally. I'm in Denver. I have a handful of assets in Kansas City. And just yesterday, he touched my life in a positive way because I had an issue with one of my assets back there. I posted on his group. Uh, Keisha Brooks came out of the woodwork, saved the day, and she has been a godsend. Literally, like such an amazing person. Like, not a great real estate. I mean, a great real estate, but that is just second to how great of a person she is. And I think that is who Nathan Brooks attracts, is just great people. And I think Kansas City is a good Midwestern place where you help others that help help yourself second, help others first mentality. So I've gone way over what I normally do. It's a normally quick intro, but today is the man, the myth, the legend, Nathan Brooks. Wow. That was... That was probably the most uh, intense introduction I've ever had, and uh, your your words are so meaningful to me, and and uh, I feel so uh, thankful to have the time with you, my friend, and and uh, so yeah, I'm pumped to get to get to chat, and I know um, we've been buddies for for some time now, and uh, and and uh, you know you're clearly doing and crushing there in Denver, and uh, so just uh, pumped to have a conversation with you. Uh, same here. And I think I've seen the progression of, of the beard too. I, it's been fun. It's been, so I think people are like, how long have you been in real estate? I think the question is, is because all the real estate guys between you and, you know, a lot of, you know, Brandon at Pop, bigger or bigger, bigger pockets. pockets. And, yeah. you know, everyone is, it's, I've, you say, how long was the beer? How long have you been in the business of, of the average beard length? You know, and you're like, ah, I was actually pretty <laughs> clean shaven when I was in the business. Okay. You've been in the business 10 years. So, um, so everyone's, and you're, you've got a strong beard game and a Thank lot of you. strong beard games and, and everyone, uh, Nathan has got into chainsawing. That's completely ir- irrelevant. True. But I just, I think you, you become a man uh, when you buy your first chainsaw. Well, now I own three chainsaws, first of all. And second okay. of all, um, I live on a little over 11 acres and I have, I don't know, like somewhere between say two and 20 million trees, I think. <laughs> just all trees. And um, so, you know, either I would have a very high um tree bill <laughs> or I start figuring it out. And uh, boy, is it not fun as well as, you know, 
uh, it's just a blast running chainsaw. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's great. So I'm a little torn because now the legit chainsaws are all battery powered and they're legit. I used one this weekend. Uh, one of my buddies on a project up in Frisco in Summit County and uh, he brought his chainsaws and I thought he runs a big uh, uh, tree company. I thought he's going to bring his like manly big chainsaws. All right. of them were battery powered. And I'm like, what? Those things? They're legit. That's- and I'm like, man, that two stroke and the brah, 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 and then smell and, and then you yeah. just push the button and it turns. You're like, hmm, but still legit. But I'm, I'm torn as a farm kid. What was the, what was the battery life like? All day. What? It was insane. What? It, all, it was, okay. it was, it was, so I got online and now I know everything about 24, 40, 60, and 80 volts. Because of my personality, I can't just learn a you. little inspired. I have to go 100%. <laughs> so I can tell you everything about okay. every uh, electric. Because I'm like, there's no way. And then, so I'm like, I have to buy one now because- I'm going to need the synopsis. Okay. Just yeah. after the podcast, you'll have to, you'll have to, uh, give give me the rundown. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was crazy. So anyway, um, so enough about chainsaws, but, uh, <laughs> I, I do love them. Um, interesting fact, my middle name is steel named after a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. So how can you not like it? Yeah. With the, yeah. With the name like- you know, when you're a redneck, when your, when your mom <laughs> literally names you after a chainsaw to this day, no one believes me. I have to pull out my driver's license or like, <laughs> wow, you really are a redneck. That's uh, legit. Yeah. So anyway, what, I, what we're wanting to dive into today, I think is, is the millionaire next door, the leader, the millionaire leader, the person I think sums that up is they're willing to help anyone and they have the ability when they're helping others to also help themselves mm. in a financially incredible way. So I think a lot of people can be leaders, but then it's a sacrifice to themselves. And then then they maybe can't get to be where they want in life because they've sacrificed and done everything for others. And I think your personality and where you are in life is exemplifies both helping others and still helping yourself where then you can be happy and it can be sustainable so you can keep that going. Because I think a lot of times when you just help others, you burn out and then you lose the ability to keep adding value later on in life. And I think if you're able to help yourself, you can just help so many more others and like your group and all your education and giving back. So I'd love to just kind of dive into that. And, and normally we ask, how do you get into real estate and what's your background? But honestly, like you crush it, like your real estate really is second to just you being a good dude um, and giving back, helping others. So I think that's what I'd love to spend our time on. I love it. You're awesome in real estate. Great. (laughs) Jack, listen to this dude. Don't, don't put it on pause. Keep listening. He's value add. I appreciate that so much. And, and yes, I, you know, I, I agree with everything you said. And, and, uh, you know, before that we hit record or you hit record, we were talking about that. I'm, I'm going back through like the oldie, but goodie millionaire next door book. And, um, actually one of the things you just said reminded me of, uh, the go-giver book, you know, and, and when the purpose is really clear, uh, both of those things, they're not, you know, they're not mutually exclusive to helping other people and also being financially, you know, set in your own personal life. And, you know, shoot, we're we're a turnkey company and we have these conversations all the time where it's like somebody, they have something that they want to accomplish, but, you know, by giving tools or spending time or whatever that might be there, there's so many ways you can give. And I think, you know, uh, it's easy for people to say, like, man, I don't have a value with that, or I can't help solve this. But, you know, take a step back and say, what are the things that I can help solve? Or where are the opportunities that I can do something? And then you feel empowered, right, to be able to actually do something. Yeah. Well, where, where did you kind of come about just the mindset of helping others, like first, like give first. I think a lot of times that's a actual like hashtag nowadays. It's kind of trending <laughs> is like give first, but yeah, where did that come about? Like, do you feel that that's an inherent thing that just naturally is who a person is? Do you think it's their upbringing or do you think it's a kind of a learned trait? Mm, that's a really interesting question. Well, give first. I, you know, I think 
one of the things, you know, if you have a religious background, certainly there's charity involved in not just Judeo, you know, Chris, uh, Christianity, but, you know, in other, other as well, you know, whether Buddhism or Islam, all, there's some component of that in, in life. And, you know, I spend a lot of time in my uh, upbringing on mission trips and things like that. And, you know, it's interesting because you go expecting to help someone, right? That's, you know, it's a third world country or they're poor or your habitat house or whatever it might be. But in the end, what happens is you have this camaraderie with the other people that you're working with. And then you have this uh, awakening of, gosh, you know, I went here to help somebody else. And actually in the process, I, I feel like I almost got more out of the experience myself because it's not about me and, you know, or like even within our, our meetup group, right? So we, we have a great meetup. I know you guys have an awesome one out there as well. And, uh, you know, we made principles, uh, I made four principles when we started it. It's like connect, learn, help others and take action. And all of those components are important. And so you can't give, 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 give without anything else, right? Because like you said, you're going to burn out. You, you're not going to have um, uh, the it has to be a cycle back, right? You have to, you have to build a be fed as well as feed others. But then there's also the component of like, Hey, if I don't have a, a big, why my motivation to go and do stuff, uh, I just don't, I don't have that same motivation. So, you know, for me, it's, it's an upbringing. It's, it's kind of a natural bent for me. And I feel strongly that uh, we're called to do that, right? It's, you know, I have that abund- abundance mindset that we only are made better, um, you know, mentally, physically, um, you know, financially, all those things by not, we're not, we're not going to hold on to it tight. We're going to, um, bring it forth in any way that we can help other people. And, um, you know, it truly does come back. And that's, that's my belief. For sure. And wh- what would you see the value of someone asking? Cause today everyone asks, how many doors do you own? If you're a real estate investor, it's how many doors. Mm. And and that's how I was in the tech world for a little bit, co-founded a commercial real estate tech startup, Airbnb for office space, you know, type thing. We raised $6.8 million, went nationwide. Cool. All that I was asked during that time was how much money we raised. Yep. That's all that mattered. It wasn't asking how much we helped, how many people, you know, how much our revenue was, our ARR, annual recurring revenue, or month MRR, monthly recurring, it was how much you raised. And then in the real estate world, it's the same thing. It's the hat, the, 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 the hang your hat on, I guess you could say, is how many doors you have. But that doesn't mean anything. Like, no, it doesn't. It, it at all. But that is why I didn't want to even dive in how you got into real estate and to do the traditional, like, well, I bought my first duplex and now I have 200 doors. It's right. because what you're doing is so much more powerful than owning two doors or 2000. It's irrelevant how many doors Nathan Brooks owns. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. What he does is he's like giving back. He's helping Jason Lewis on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, fix a water problem. Not, and that doesn't matter how many doors. So that is so much more powerful. So like, what is like a question or like, actually, I'm going to say what, you tell us what your thoughts are of why that's more powerful than how many doors you own is like how many other people you've helped or how many tenants you've helped or whatever that might be. Anyway, just it's open-ended really because it's, sure. just, it's so powerful. Well, first of all, I love, I love the reframe. Uh, that's something that I've been really thinking about a lot, both like whether it's a client call or in our household or, you know, there's a challenge. What is this, you know, what, what opportunities does this bring? But, you know, I think, there's something, you know, in the real estate world, how many doors do you own? Uh, you know, clearly there's, there's some pride there and, and a measuring tool uh, that people use, you know, but I think, you know, just to adjust that, that idea first, to me, it's more like, well, what are they, what purpose do they serve? You know, and, and then, you know, uh, are they, are you taking care of your properties and do your tenants have a nice place to live and do you handle the maintenance in an appropriate way? And, you know, those things are important and, and that goes with your integrity or what the culture of what you want to operate. So if you have hundreds of doors, but they're all in terrible condition and your tenants are, you know, have a, a low quality of life and, you know, that that's not winning to me. Uh, and that's not, you know, the reason, but, you know, for me, uh, I want to own real estate because, you know, I have, um, big goals. You know, I want to have a legacy for, for the family in, in the sense that, you know, uh, there's opportunity to do things that are important to us as a family. 
uh, and man, you know, of all the times in the world, you know, COVID crisis uh, and other th- crazy stuff happening in the world, it, a reminder that your family is so important. And what are you spending all this time working for and earning money for if you're not doing, like there's not a purpose behind it. And, uh, you know, you kind of started out uh, talking about the Millionaire Next Door uh, book. And of course it's, it's helping people, but like even in that book, they talk about, well, you know, do you have a plan? And, and for me, earning and giving is, is kind of intertwined. And, you know, I have huge philanthropy goals. So I want to be able to give away a million, million dollars a year before I'm dead and have it in perpetuity for a long time. And, you know, for arts, uh, health and education, because why is that? Because that's vitally important to a whole being for anybody, right? And, and so in, in order to give away that money, I also have to make a lot of money. And, you know, so my motivation is high. And then do we put our actions in alignment with what we say is important? And I think that's where, you know, you can really create opportunities when you align the intention, you align the culture, you, you, you're doing what you're saying, because that's the other thing, you know, people, uh, you might have 200 doors, right? But you want 1% and you're drowning in debt and, uh, you know, and you might own 20 doors, but they're all paid for. And you literally get to live the lifestyle that you want and you, and you designed it around what the plan was. And so, you know, having that authentic conversation with ourselves, I feel is just so important and it's such a cool opportunity. And then, uh, and then what a better place to be mentally, to be able to, to be giving because right. You're, you're not stressed and maxed and all these things and, and, and really looking at what's important. Yeah. What, what are the top three things that someone's getting into real estate and they want to better themselves, but they also want to better the community around them, better the tenants. What, what's, what's three things that Nathan Brooks would say to someone that's buying a fourplex that says, you got to make money, but here are three things you can do to, to get back. Mm, such a, I, I love this. This podcast is fun, man. I, I'm, I just love where the, the questions are going. And, and um, so thank you for digging into this too. It's, it's awesome. Uh, so three things, you know, I would think first, you know, marrying the underwriting and the understanding and education with action. And you, you, you know, because you can go buy something, but let's, let's make sure you set up everything possible to win to be successful because you're not going to be helping anybody if you're, you know, losing a property or tenants aren't staying there or anything like that. So second is, is both be and seek a mentor. Like, so wherever you can help you do that, that's your responsibility. And I, I do believe that. Um, and the people that I know who are the people that I look up to the most are those that are willing and, and like, they might even be the most successful people out there. And kind of could go back to that go-giver book. There's a story in there that they, they, I can't remember his, the, the character's names, but basically like the big guy, the, the big CEO, the, the well-known guy, uh, you know, the, the main character in the book calls and, and is able to like meet him on a Saturday. You know, we have a, we have a meetup in Kansas city. We, you can go meet all kinds of big time investors and have like actual legitimate conversations. Uh, and guess what happens? They learn too. Uh, so, you know, the mentoring thing and coaching thing is so, so, so important to me. And then third, you know, I think it's, it's create a plan and this might be something that's becoming thematic in this, in this, um, podcast, but, you know, create a plan. And I think a lot of times what happens is, uh, and I, what I use is I use, uh, my personal business and family and I have a plan. And it doesn't mean that everything that you lay out in your plan is going to manifest exactly as you expect it. But I can tell you, since I had a journaling practice for now for multiple years, and I have stacks of these things now, and you can go back and look and say, you know, I can tell you, Jason, that there's nothing that I've written down that I have not accomplished. Nothing. And I think people... It's just the power of the practice, right? So the power of the practice is to make a decision. And that's not to say that if it says, hey, I want X, Y, Z to happen, that it's going to happen tomorrow, you know? So you have to have the patience and the intestinal fortitude to make the decision and then actually follow through with it. And so that to me is where like, okay, you're going to buy it. Let's, let's, Let's think through what the plan is. 
in, in not just about you, not just about money. Because I think that's the other part is we don't create the opportunity for where, you know, whether it's helping other people or however you want to look at it, um, you know, w- w- make it a part of the plan and that it's not just about you. And, um, you know, and it, you could, you could have huge goals or you literally just want to own a fourplex and house hack and that's cool too. But, but put some thought into it and have a decision of what you're doing and why. And, um, I think people go a long way with just those, those three things. What are a couple of those big rocks that you've written down that you've, uh, you've moved that boulder over the years? Mm. You know, I remember, I remember as a young man, I've always, I've always loved like teetering on the edge. So last week. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, We're the same age guys. So around the same age. So, you know, so when he's like, oh, I remember when I was a young, young man, he's he's calling me old too. I'm thinking like teenager uh, into early twenties. So dude, we're like almost in the fourth century here. Okay. Uh, Yeah. The fourth uh, inning. At fourth inning. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I think that, um, one of them was, uh, I would, I was obsessed asking people if they, I'm like, you seem like you're a pretty wealthy guy. Um, how old were you when you became a millionaire? And I don't really understand what that meant or why it was, but I was just obsessed about asking people questions and I was always willing to, um, to like dig into those conversations and, you know, I, for, for me, it was growing up, I, I wanted to be able to provide whatever it is that I wanted in my life. And this is for my wife and for my kids. I want to send them to school. I want to do this stuff. And so, you know, for me, I, I remember making that a goal and uh, being able to do it through real estate. And man, let me tell you, I have screwed up everything that you can possibly screw up. But if you have a goal and it's that important to you, you're going to do it. And, um, you know, including going through bankruptcy, I lost it all, you know, f- 10 years ago. And so, you know, when people think about those kind of questions and, and yes, I, I, I hit that goal and, and, and then some, and, and we have, you know, targets well beyond that, but it's not really about me. It's about making the goal because the goals are way more fun. Uh, so that's one, uh, I would also say, uh, you know, this quarter, uh, one of the things I wrote down was to spend, uh, one-on-one time with each of my kids every week, you know, and track that. And so again, it doesn't have to be about money. Uh, it could literally be like, my daughter loves to go get ice cream. So, you know, we get in the truck, she put, she's like, picks out her dress and uh, we get to hang out. You know, my son and I building this Technics Porsche. Have you ever built a Technics Lego set, by the way? Yeah. I think one time as a kid, I maybe attempted uh, that and those uh, little metal bars that you would yes. mix up between those two. I I think uh, my my personality didn't really <laughs> mesh too well. So, dude, let me tell you. By the way, this is totally like off topic, but the, the first of all, this Lego Technics set, this Porsche set, is like it's it's probably like two feet long. Listen, it's huge, and my son and I. So he he and I can build a set. Uh, he loves Legos. He has them all over his room and we can build these things like these, you know, big, good size sets in like what, four, four, five, six hours, something like that. This, the, the book of this poor set has 800 steps. There's 800 steps and we can average about 30 minutes to an hour. And then we have to stop because it is so mentally intensive and there's so many pieces and it's so freaking complicated. It's, unbelievable. But, you know, Colin and I, my son, we, we have a blast with it. So, you know, back to your question uh, and off my tangential uh, Lego story, uh, you know, it, if you come back to that business, family, personal, you know, eating, drinking, uh, you know, being healthy, there's so many things you can put in that box and it doesn't have to uh, be about money or meditation, right? I, I have meditation as one of those, so at least five times a week, Monday through Friday. And uh, it's a game changer. And guess what? Then I focus better. Then I'm able to lead better. Then I'm able to be a better dad. Oh, guess what? What does that translate to? Well, hey, now I'm going to spend um, more quality focused time in my work time, which then helps my team. That helps our business. It helps our clients. So, you know, all of those things, 
it's not just one. They, they, they definitely compound in whichever direction. Yeah. Well, before we jump on, jump on the next question, it, what, where's your favorite ice cream place? And, <laughs> and also, would you rather someone, do you think it's more difficult to build that Porsche Lego set or flip your first house? Oof. Mm. Okay. Because I saw the pain on your face, <laughs> literally, and it reminded me of someone flipping their first home. And you're just like, it is 800 steps. And uh, so. Uh, okay. Ice cream. So I am really not very picky and I'm also very simple, but my daughter really likes to go to Sonic so she can like do the drive through. You know, you get to look at all the fancy stuff, order a corn dog or whatever. So. My order is very boring. It is a medium chocolate shake. Okay. All right. But, okay. um, you know, I am, I am, I'm really like ice cream is not the number one go-to for me. It's more like really good chocolate. So, okay. you know, well, but if, hey. you, if you want to, ha- I, I hack everything in life. So I have to share <laughs> one of my favorite hacks at Sonic Let's do it. is they charge like three ninety nine for their like blizzard version, ice cream with Butterfinger. Right. But if you get an ice cream dish, it's like 79 cents or 99 cents, and it's only 25 cents for a topping. So, what? Yes. And they let you do it. So, it's like you order an ice cream dish and then ask for whatever topping you want. And no way. This, and they don't stir it up, <laughs> but if you're lazy enough that you can't you literally just, like just stir, stir it, it up, up yourself. So, uh, ice cream, vanilla ice cream, or chocolate. I'm not a chocolate guy, but. Uh, and then whatever flavor, and it's, I think it's like twenty five. Maybe they raised inflation at fifty cents a, a topping or something. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, there's my Sonic. That's brilliant. Hack. I need to I need to ask you more because I I am not the most patient person with that kind of stuff. But I I enjoy learning about it, and I certainly will implement them. Yeah. Okay. Second question: uh, Lego uh, building or first flip? So, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, you can have a mentor in your first flip and you could have a team around you uh, who's going through. So if you have some wisdom and some other um, tools in that toolbox, even if you might not know, you could have people who know and help you. So I would almost think that the Legos are harder uh, because unless you are literally bringing someone else to build it for you, as opposed to doing it alongside you, there's definitely... (laughs) I think the Legos are harder. I literally, that's why I asked the question because <laughs> I, I would say that I would have more difficult time doing that and focusing than yeah. going in and like hammering walls and like building stuff and having got in and then yeah. things just happening, you know? Not to like, mention you can work longer on the, on the, on the house than the Lego set, at least, you yeah. know, in the house, you're like, Hey, you can, you can hammer out six, eight, 10 hours, whatever it is. Uh, Lego set, you're just like brain dead. Yep. Yeah. That's why I tossed that question out. Cause I know my answer would be, <laughs> I, I would rather flip a house and the headache and hassle than, yeah. than do these about uh, 5,000 puzzle puzzles pieces puzzles or something yes a hundred percent so but oh yeah well let's get back kind of the million next door and and i know we don't want to go too much time because people's time is you know valuable and everything which just open-ended question of just some other things that you think during this economic time this you know situation i don't use any of the words i try to make this evergreen you know so whenever you're listening to this it's not all about just what's happening in our economy or our society right now that can be kind of evergreen. But based on that, we are having some economic struggles and some, some who we are struggles. Like Mm -hmm. let's, any thoughts of that you can share with the audience of um, whether the real estate specific or not, just how to be a, a good leader, a better person and, and combining that with maybe some real estate. So (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's a very it's a very large question. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think there's there's like three questions in there, so let me just make sure. I, I just threw them out. It's you, you, you're. I got it. I, I'm go. tracking. I'm tracking. Uh, so first of all, I think you know in the in the state of economy or affairs or things or whatever's happened in the world, you know, I think that shoot, I've already I've already kind of hit on a couple of things that are so important to me anyway, which is you know. I'm getting my workout in. I am eating well. 
uh, in a healthy way. I'm drinking my water. I'm doing my meditation every day. And I'm looking back at my journal and using that as a way to have a reference point as to what I want to accomplish. And I think it's so easy for people to get thrown off of their their track or they didn't have a track already uh, in place. And so when something happens that is scary or causes fear or anxiety, you just live in that fear and that anxiety. And one of my, uh, there's a Tim Ferriss podcast who's interviewing um, Alex Arnold. <clears throat> and he talked about um, like, dude, you're climbing these mountains and you're doing all this stuff. And, you know, aren't you just scared out of your brains? And Alex has this very, you know, if anybody's listened to him, he's, you know, he's pretty, pretty. Uh, he's a free climber, right? He's a free climber. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he, um, he basically said like, well, that's only one emotion. That's only, you know, and, and so when we can look at this thing and in the moment, uh, if we had a goal this year of already, you know, doing X number of deals or flipping into X number of houses or leading your team or um, being a better husband, man, wh- whatever it is, like that goal shouldn't have changed. Now you might have to adapt and our company had to adapt. And, um, and that kind of goes to your second question as the leader. Um, and I'll hit, hit in a second, but you know, it doesn't mean you, you, you bury your head in the sand and ignore it. And it doesn't mean that you can't listen to the feedback that's happening. That's critical, right? Um, so it's critical to understand what that feedback loop looks like and both for you, you know, personally, professionally, but then as a leader, you know, I, I'm always, I'm obsessed about this and I'm always thinking about this and, and uh, you know, so you also have to be able to be willing to communicate in truth, right? Sometimes it's like this week sucked or this is tough. This is a tough this is tough stuff to work on, but by naming it, it's like, okay, he, he sees that. And he's the guy sitting in that CEO seat, which is just a title, right? You have to earn the responsibility and you have to earn um, the job. And I tell my team all the time, like, Hey, I expect to have to earn my seat every day, just like I expect you to earn yours. And so, you know, from a leadership perspective, we, we name what it is and we, we restate what those goals are. And then, uh, you know, something that I haven't always done an excellent job is also like, once you make a decision, what is the, you know, it's, it's ineffective if you don't communicate it well and what the decision is, as well as, you know, why you're doing it. And then also then empowering the people around you to do that. And, uh, without creating those things uh, in, in a place that, um, you have a conversation, you understand what it is, everybody stacks hands on it, and then you go out and execute that. And I think that's when you can take a situation like it is now and say, guess what? You know, when, when I have a new client on the phone, like, uh, man, what's going on in Kansas City? Like, how does, it's like, actually, it's busier, Jason. It is busier right now than it was in January. And it's because we haven't taken the foot off the gas and it's because we serve those clients and it's because we stay focused on that niche and the mission and, uh, and, and just keeping after it. I think that's, that's a perfect answer. I mean, it really is just like be you. And if you know who you are and you have a plan of who you want to even be in the future, then just do that. And then that's going to help everyone around. It's a, it's a domino effect. You go back to the real estate of investing, compounding interest, you know, you, you put in a dollar and you get dollar, you get 10 cents back. So now you're investing 10% on dollar 10 and then dollar 20. And, and I think if you just do that, who you are every day and just improve it a little bit, then, uh, then you can do so much good in this world, no matter what, is happening no matter if we're peak of the market or we have an economic downtime or uh, a socioeconomic situation. I don't even know what we call what we're going on, all the stuff right now, you know, so it's it's a lot. And, and, uh, and I think just being you so and smiling, I think, Mm -hmm. I think just smiling, man, just, it it makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, And I, I will say one, one more thing is, is being highly, uh, make a decision what inputs as well, you know, and, and it's so easy to you know, people sit in front of the TV and, and listening to whatever it might be. And, you know, I uh, talk about this all the time, but I, I 
constantly reading books, constantly listening to podcasts and, you know, making a decision that, uh, th- that time is spent doing something. And of course I'm not perfect. And of course I like to listen to radio sometimes. I, I played music professionally for many years, right? It's just, it's a uh, passion for me, but, you know, make a decision, uh, of what that time is. And, um, by spending that time, you know, you either, again, like what emotion, what state are you put in? You listen to the news for an hour. You're probably not in a very good spot. You know, it, no, you, you aren't in a good spot. Like there's no probability yeah, behind that. Yeah. It's if you listen to the news today, you will be in a negative headspace. Yep. hundred percent. No matter which one you listen to. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then, and then, so it's just a decision. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, sometimes feel like, well, I can't control or I can't, you know, well, Hey, there are things I can control and there's things I can't control. And, and so we get to live in that decision uh, making and then we get to decide what's important. And uh, either way you make a choice and that choice is what you decided was most important. (laughs) So, you know, and, and taking ownership is, is just critical. And, you know, to kind of bring that back to, in my own personal life too, where, you know, we, we do that for ourselves in decision-making like, Hey, we underwrite deals the same way every time. Like we let's make sure you have a plan around it and, uh, or in, in, a in a, uh, in our own investing and for, for other clients too. Like we we're able to help people because we can say, this is what we do. And it doesn't have this. If it doesn't work for you, that's totally cool. But you know, all those little decisions that come through where it's like, we are able to communicate effectively what is important or what you do or what you are or what you're going to listen to or what you're going to allow in, in, into your own space or into your household. Uh, man, it's just so important in, in not to leave those things to chance, but to give them the time. And, and I think it sounds daunting to a lot of people and those things don't change over time. Like they don't just change automatically, but you can just pick one thing and, you know, get that as a habit and pick this thing and get it as a habit. And all of a sudden, you know, whether it's becoming a millionaire or giving away a million or uh, buying that fourplex or whatever it might be, you, you had intention to do it. Yeah. Intention, I think is a key word right there. So Mm -hmm. just, you can choose, you really can. can. You can choose your mindset um, and you can choose what you're looking for. You know, yeah, boy, is that true? So it, you really and you'll find I mean, it, oh, you, <laughs> whatever you, you it will, is, one hundred percent. So if you think it's a negative world out there, it, you literally just go almost look at anything. But mm-hmm. if uh, you want to say the world's a good place right now, there's a lot of people doing a lot of good, um, and uh, you can piggyback on that. So yes, I think it's it's a it's a choice. So I. I think Nathan Brooks is like chose to look at positive. I mean, really it is like you've chose to put it out there. And I think I've seen what you've in the last few months with what's going on, how you chose your mindset. And and it's been what you said, you lived up, you, you are doing what you, you say. And you have said, we are who we are. We're not changing. We're moving forward. We're going to actually grow because of this. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I know a lot of people, talked to my CPA today and he's a real estate specific CPA and he goes, Ooh, there's a, there's some people out there right now that are in not a good headspace. So, yeah. And so it's, I think it's choice. So in the day you choose. So well, let's, let's take a quick break. Listen to our sponsor. And we'll come back with the final five. This episode of the creative real estate podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. And I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. All right. We are back from break with Mr. Nathan Brooks. As I said from the beginning, the man, myth, the legend. And we're going to dive right into, tell us a fun story about the most creative real estate deal that you've been involved in. Most creative real estate deal I have ever been in. Well, that is interesting. You know, I think, 
I'm going to take, I'm going to take a slight change on that if you don't mind. No. So, you know, one of the things that I find interesting is we always kind of set these limiting factors for what we can do, which is kind of basically limited by our imagination. And one of the things, and actually I think you guys are very good at that as well is, is the, is money and understanding money and how does it work and how does it fund. And so, you know, in, in our business, there's one, there's the, the piece that comes in as far as like, you know, clients see these pretty houses and things that we, we rehab. But the thing we don't really talk about that often is, you know, nearly $10 million of private capital that's raised, that's helping feed countless people in retirement and rocking their IRAs and, and that sort of stuff. And being able to think about all of that, the money and the dynamic uh, ability to talk about a creative deal. Well, you know, if we're flipping 150, 200 houses a year, build a new construction and all the funds in and out of that and uh, the creativity of putting that together and, and solving that problem and being able to utilize cash in so many different ways, uh, whether you're investing in stocks or you're investing in an alternative investment like that. I mean, that's pretty cool. And uh, it's it's just been wild to watch. And, um, you know, if anything, that's become more of an interest between that and, 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 you know, holding a hard asset or gold or whatever it is that you're into. So I know that's not exactly what you asked, but I, no, it, it's great. just awesome. It's, it's cool to see that. And, and, um, it's just a blessing all around. And what I've learned doing these episodes, you know, over, over the last, I think, between Adam and I, and I think there's been 350 episodes or something is, is the people that are process minded process procedures and who can do 150, 200 flips. They always stumble with this question because (laughs) they're process procedures. Creativity means not scalable. My mindset is not scalable because (laughs) I'm doing a different thing every day and I'm, I'm hacking Sonic just to save a buck. That's not really scalable. Well, like Nathan Brooke gets in, it's like, (laughs) I, you know, I, and you have their machine and that's what I admire about people who stumble a little bit on, on the one-off creative deal because they don't want creativity. Creativity is not scalable. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is I sit in the CEO seat, I sit in the visionary seat. And so I do have that kind of squirrel all over the place, you know, moments, but I also have an amazing team who helps focus and, and, um, filter those things and uh, a business partner specifically. So he kind of, he is really definitely that yin and yang for me. And so, you know, you're right. Uh, part of the blessing and part of the execution is because, you know, what is the line, the riches and the niches and, and uh, to be able to be really clear. And uh, I know it's probably supposed to be a short answer to a, to a, a specific question, but you know, I tell my team all the time, like we want to be faster. Yes. And faster to no, and like being some complicated deal. And some people really dig that. Uh, but for us, it's like, boom, is it a turnkey? Great. Let's do it. <laughs> is it non turnkey? Great. Let's not do it. You know, next. Yep. That's power of, of not being creative because it, you can, you, the answer is quick and yep. it's just precise. So I'm always envious of, uh, of the Adam Adams and you guys who have your niche and just, we're going to crush it. So, uh, all right. Next question. We normally ask, you know, book podcast, something, and you've mentioned a couple, but maybe something else <laughs> out there that you right now are, are kind of digging or give another shout out to a couple of you. We dove into a little bit. Yeah. I'm pulling this up because I, I quote books all the time. And uh, for whatever reason, I cannot retain the name of this book. Um, so I did mention Millionaire Next Door. Uh, I love Extreme Ownership. It's a wonderful book. Uh, but um, if you were a leader in any any spot, and I hope this doesn't play, it's called The Four Obsessions. What is it? The Four. Oops, ah, I'm not trying to get it to play, but uh, The Four Obsessions of an Extraordinary Executive, Patrick Lencioni. And uh, it was it's such a good book. It's like a it's like a story uh, of this team and, and two like competing teams and, and kind of looking over the fence to the other side to see what they're doing. And, you know, uh, man, it just really, cha- I was mowing this weekend and listened to that. And I just like hammered through this whole book uh, at like 1.7 speed, by the way, I can't listen to it at regular speed. That's just painful, but it's just so good. 
about like the focus of leadership and the focus of what your job is, especially if you are the leader or you have a team of people that you're leading. Uh, it's really powerful. It's great. I haven't listened or read that, that one. Uh, so I'll have to take it. It's take very it good. And okay. also I will mention one other thing. There's a podcast. I, I listen to a bunch of podcasts and I probably 10 to 15 hours of books, um, uh, a, a month or so and probably another 10 or 15 hours of podcast. But, uh, there's one that particularly stuck out to me that was, um, Ed Milet and, um, the guy's name's like Trevor Moab or something like that. And, uh, he, <clears throat> Ed, uh, interviews him and he is like a, a mental coach of like some of the top athletes in the world. And, uh, let me tell you, I literally, I got off that podcast on fire. I blew up my team. I emailed that, that podcast to like, 10 clients, including one who's an NFL player. And then I went and bought his book, hammered through that. And uh, man, it's good. And uh, about thinking and some, some really cool tactical tools he called neutral thinking, which is uh, man. I mean, I was talking about today with our team. So it's a great podcast. I like it. You're, you're jazz. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to get jazz. So yeah. I uh, normally ask and kind of where do you see the market in five years and where do you see yourself? But given we're kind of focused a little bit on on the leadership, uh, where do you kind of see the leadership going in the five years? I, like it, it evolves, you know, with all the different books 20 years ago and the leadership and uh, is different than it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you see as kind of things, how that, that evolving and, and how you maybe need to change a little bit to be a leader in the next five years given where the world's heading. For sure. You know, I think, you know, the, the world changes, but sometimes principles still are important or, or stay. And so I'll kind of take it, take two, um, kind of two, two separate things here. One would be from a leadership perspective, like what looks like in five years, I think that technology and seeing like during a situation where people are stuck at home for a long period of time, I, you know, I, I really am curious to see what happens in the commercial, especially like office space, um, and what that looks like. And also from a technology, I mean, looking at zoom and, and, uh, you know, here we are, we're on this right now. And, uh, just a few years ago, you know, Skype was the the thing uh, and there's so many tools, uh, almost overwhelming number of tools. So how do you make those decisions about from a leadership perspective, what tools you're going to use? How does it work? How does it integrate with your team? Uh, but then the second thing, you know, I think about, and, well, and I would say, by the way, thank you. I'm so thankful that uh, we had those tools set up in our business because when that transition had to happen, we already had them you know, we already had Slack and we already had um, Zoom and we already had the thing Asana to track, you know, projects and, and um, you know, so it's, it's something that uh, we didn't necessarily plan that there would be some issue in the world, but we also had the, the components that made it possible to run. And that's always a good thing to be looking at from a leadership perspective. And then second, I think from a leadership, uh, as far as like the development of our team, you know, I was asking, I was on the a call with David, my partner today. And, you know, I was thinking about like, all right, well, how are we making sure that we are understanding, empowering, giving autonomy, and then creating clear, consistent feedback. And, you know, which might be like, it might be critical, you know, criticism, or it might be, or constructive criticism rather, or it might be like, Hey, you did a great job. You, you, you're kick, you know, you're crushing over there. Uh, but there's consistency in that. And then we manifest that from every level. And then that becomes a cultural norm. That is, uh, uh, something that we can live into and that it's an expectation and that we can live in truth. We can live in, uh, our space to operate. And, you know, David and I, would like to have you know the business to be able to operate and people in in every seat of our of our business. Jim Collins talks about you know right people in the in the right seat with the right uh, leader going the right direction, and uh, and and making sure that like what is the target? What is every job? And then each time we hire, we do a better job and a better job, and we lead better and we have a clear mission. And um, you know I think it it goes um, kind of all in together. Great. I'm going to 
toss out another little, normally we, where do you guys want to be in five years? But where do you, what would an employee in five years, what are they, what would you want them to say about Nathan Brooks? If we were to have them on here and say, Hey, tell me, tell me Mm. one thing about Nathan Brooks. What in five years would you want them to automatically without thinking, just say once, Mm. you know, a couple sentence, sentence or two. Yeah. You know, everything that he talks about in the world, he means it and lives it and believes it. And, um, cares, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, everything from the outside is also true on the inside. There you go. I like it. All right. We're, we're already over a few minutes. I know you probably are, uh, nine, 10 minutes on late for the next meeting or I am as well, but you're, I, you're great. I appreciate it. That's, I'm kind of mumbling a little bit here, which I normally don't. Cause I just really appreciate, uh, you know, your time and everything. So let's, Let's just wrap up with how do people reach out to you? I mean, sure. right now they're, they're motivated. Uh, they want to hear some more. How do they maybe reach out? Awesome. Yeah. And thank you again uh, for having me. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, deeply meaningful. And, and I think like a real, it's a real conversation about real stuff. And uh, hopefully that uh, provides some value, some motivation for people. But um, so I'm, I'm active on Facebook. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, but Facebook's definitely better for me. Uh, you can just search me up, Nathan Brooks. It's a picture of me and uh, my cute daughter. And uh, so you can find me there. We also have, like you mentioned, our our meetup uh, group, Bridge Real Estate Investing Meetup. You can search that and uh, join. It's um, about 8,000 people in like 14, 15 months. That's so pretty pretty incredible. Uh, and then our company, uh, you know, Bridge Turnkey, we, we're a awesome turnkey provider and obsessed about, um, <laughs> all those things, uh, from buying, renovating, selling, uh, awesome properties. And, um, so you can check out bridge turnkey, uh, both on, on Facebook as well as, um, the Insta and, uh, bridge turnkey.com. So that's, uh, those are all the, all the details. I like it. And normally the fifth question is, is how do you give back? But this whole thing was about that. So I, for the sake of, sake of time, I've just skipped over that because literally we, we've talked for probably 45 minutes of just the power of leadership and giving back. And that's who Nathan Brooks is. So I didn't really want to end with, uh, with one question because there's so much more to it than that. So for sure. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing the success and watching the, the value add that you give back to others. And I think, I think it's, you mentioned one, one big thing is the mentoring. And, and I, I think something I'm liking a lot is the mentor up, mentor down. I don't yep. know if that somebody even said that or if just my head did that's the yeah, way I, I said think it today. It. Did yeah. you? Okay. So, yeah. so does mentor up, mentor down. I think that is, that's so, so powerful. So wrap up leadership podcast, real estate is ask for a mentor and mentor someone below you and the world will be a better place. It's that simple. hundred percent. So, all right. Well, as always, my friend, until next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, think outside the box.